0: I want to talk tonight a little bit somberly tonight about this this t- this theme of depression. And I, I, there are times when uh, a situation takes place in the media and in the world where you can take advantage of something that happens and really talk about it. And obviously, unless you've been in a cave in the last few days, uh, you know that uh, a famous actor passed away, Robin Williams, and uh, he was a, you know, humongous uh, actor, very... Very uh, famous, very well-known. I'm sure there's not one person in here that didn't like one of his movies. Um, and obviously affected many people uh, through his movies and made a lot of people laugh. And, and, and did great things in the movie industry. Yet he's obviously struggled with depression. So I want to take advantage of that tonight and talk tonight a little bit of the scriptures of how we can defeat the spirit of depression. Amen. And uh, obviously, this goes back to recognition that we have to recognize the spirit of depression. And I'm going to try to help you with that tonight. And I want to talk about a little bit. And, you know, I've seen different things and heard different things and all, you know, all rightfully so about, you know, why are we so sad about an actor? There's people dying all over the place in war and all these things. And that's obviously a fact. But we're never going to get away from the fact that because of media, we become involved or we know of people. Obviously, there are probably, unfortunately, thousands, maybe, people of people who committed suicide last week. But we know of Robin Williams because of the media and because he was famous. But it doesn't mean any less that he doesn't have a family. It doesn't mean any less that he struggled with something that was very real. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. And uh, as, as I get into it, I'll, I'll have you go ahead and go in the, in the Bible, if you would, to the book of Psalms. And uh, we'll get to chapter 38 in just a minute. But I want to talk about this because there's not a person in this place, I promise, except for kids around 10 or less maybe, and not even a guarantee there, that have not had depression and that have not even struggled with the thoughts of suicide. Now, there's a big difference between having the thought of suicide and actually doing it, obviously, because you're still here, and we're still here. But, and there's a big difference between those who may, even in this place, be here that have even tried. I'm not obviously going to ask or want to know, but there probably are some people in here who at some time in their life have attempted. Praise God you didn't succeed if you did. Amen. And you're still here. And there are many stories of that. But even if you didn't actually do something to your body to try to take your own life, every single person in here tonight has struggled at one time or another with depression. And then I can put myself in this. I have never gotten to a place where I actually was thinking out how I was going to take my life. But I would say a a vast majority of you in here tonight would relate with the thought of wishing that it was over. How many can say amen to that? Get to a place of a situation in your life where you just have a thought that says, man, I just wish I, I was dead, or I just wish I wasn't here, or I just wish this would end. Okay? How many of you got to be honest? So I don't think there's a person in here that hasn't had those kind of thoughts. But I, I tonight, can stand up here as somebody, unfortunately, who has been through, very close, somebody who has committed suicide. And I do want to ask how many of you—and I'm not talking about a acquaintance for over there, but somebody close to you—how many have lost somebody close to you to suicide tonight? Let me see your hands. Okay. Too many. Amen. But many of you know my story, and I just want to—I'm not going to tell the whole story. But when I was in high school, I had a person who was mentoring me, teach, taught me how to play basketball, somebody I looked up to greatly, and uh, was my youth leader. But he did not ever tell me anything spiritual, did not ever give me any word, but he was somebody that I greatly, greatly looked up to and uh, knew him for a good part of my life. And when I was a senior in high school, I got a call one day, Uh, actually I didn't get a call, we were at church. My dad will remember this very well, we were at service and people began to talk and people began to say that uh, Stan had gone missing and they didn't know where he was and I remember the day going on and... That night, people began to go out and look for him and hadn't seen him for a while, and uh, they found him, I believe, the next day, and he had taken a gun and he had killed himself. And so, you know, it's one of those things that you, when you're close to somebody that's done that, it, it rocks you to your core. And uh, this 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 uh, that's 20 years, 22 years ago. It's still fresh in my memory how much he meant to me. The fact that I know that he was... Uh, so talented, and uh, that he took his own life, left two kids, was 33 years old, and, uh, and, and got to a place in his life of depression where he felt like he could not go on any further. The thing about suicide and depression is its finality. It's not like you can make a mistake and you can ask for forgiveness, and you can go on and you can hurt somebody. You can ask for forgiveness, so you can fall, and you can ask, and you do those things. When you take your life, it's final. And so there's something so sad about it, because how many would know tonight and admit, especially at a place, being at church tonight and hopefully being in your good mind, that it's very unlikely that whatever reason somebody takes their life for, it was not as big as they thought it was. Okay? How many have been in that place of, and I'm not asking you to raise your hands, but thinking in that place of depression before where you just felt like everything was falling in on you, nothing was right, nothing could change, nothing could be fixed, and you get to this place of desperation, desperation and depression are very linked, and you get to a place where you feel like there's no way out, and then later on when you get through it, again because we're talking by, by experience, you look back and you say, man, that was really dumb. I was not, that was not that big of a deal. Are you all following me? That was, that was, that was workable. I, I, I worked through that. And, and then when you're on the outside looking back in, you go, man, that, that wasn't that big of a bill. It wasn't that bad of a relationship. It wasn't that serious of a situation. And later on, you can look back on that and you can say, wow, I can't believe I had those thoughts. That was dumb. That was, that was small problem with suicide is once it takes place, there are no thoughts like that that can bring you back. It's done. And so it's a very serious thing. And so I want to talk about depression tonight because we have to know how to watch and look for the symptoms, the signs, the things that can lead to that slippery slope. Suicide is a slippery slope that there is no return from. Once it's done, it's done. Okay, And so I want to talk a little bit about uh, depression and and uh, even suicide and go to the scriptures and look at some things but first of all one of the things that happens I think in depression if somebody's struggling with that is is it's an inward thing first and foremost and a, a time and a process begins to happen in depression of really really isolating yourself okay I asked about suicide but uh, how many here would would know that there's been some maybe you've never even thought about, taking your life, but you have been in some really, really deep areas in your life of depression. Okay? You've been in some really bad places. Now, the thing to know is, is a lot of times when we, when a person is in depression, and they're sad, and they're, they're, they're down, and they're being attacked by the enemy, obviously, they begin to think that there's something wrong, or it's an embarrassing thing to be depressed. Okay? And I want you to know tonight that you're in good company, if you are depressed or have battled depression at some point in your life, because the Bible's full of people who were depressed. And I just want to give you a few examples tonight. I'm going to throw out some names and I want you to think about some of these heroes of the faith. And I'll start off with Abraham. And, and don't go to the scriptures for these. Just write them down if you're taking notes. But think more than anything. Abraham went through a time of depression in around chapter 15 of Genesis when he realized he was not going to have a son. It wasn't a one-day thing. It was a time of years, probably, of realizing he was not going to have a son. He was not going to see his promises fulfilled. He continued to live on and do his life and do things. But he had a serious case of depression. Another person in the Bible is Jonah in chapter 4. Jonah is super depressed you can read these ones later if you want to he's super depressed but he's actually and I want to get you to kind of think of some reasons we get depressed he's super depressed in Jonah chapter 4 because he is uh, not wanting Nineveh to be saved there's go go ahead and laugh because we can be depressed sometimes for some stupid stuff amen and we need to not get to that place. Jonah was mad at God and depressed and sat under a tree and moped because he did not want those people to get saved in Nineveh. Now, when I say the name Job, everybody, everybody knows why Job was depressed. If you're depressed, ever, tonight, next week, you were two months ago, always go read the book of Job. And you'll find that your life is not as bad as you think it is. See, that goes back to the the spirit of depression. When we allow the spirit of depression to come on, because depression is a spirit. Okay, it's not a chemical imbalance. I know that people suffer with that. Mental hospitals will say things. I'm not saying that there isn't something medical to it. But how many know everything goes back to the root of sin? Everything goes back to the spirit of the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we need to recognize, if we're going to beat depression, that it's a spirit that needs to be defeated. And so if you ever get to that place where you're feeling depressed, and you realize, man, my situation's really bad, go read Job, and you'll find out that you've got it going pretty good. He lost everything. House, money, family. Lost every family member he had gone. And if losing his house, losing his family wasn't enough, then he got sick on top of that. Then he had some friends who were some peanut butter heads. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So he had everything you can possibly think of. Okay. Elijah in 1 Kings 19 is running for his life from Jezebel, and the spirit of killing the prophets goes through deep depression. King Saul. We know that King Saul, here's another reason we can think sometimes, well, why am I depressed? Sometimes it's because we are not listening to the Lord. King Saul in 1 Samuel 16, he goes through depression because he is not doing what God's called him to do. We know he calls David in to play the harp so he can have some joy. He's going through a deep, deep time of depression. We know that later on in his life, Saul actually takes his life. Okay? He actually takes his own life. And so he goes through depression because of disobedience. We have to be careful not to have that. Another one is Jeremiah. Do you know Jeremiah was a depressed man? Jeremiah wrote one of the largest books in the Bible, and he was very depressed. We talked about this a couple services ago when I was talking about uh, God calling him to go to a place, and he told him, hey, when you go there, they're going to reject everything you say. They're not going to listen to you. They're going to turn on you. They're going to hate you. And Jeremiah lived most of his life prophesying over things that he was hated for. Right? right? And, And got to a place one time where he said, I'm done. We don't know if when he said, I'm done, if he was thinking about taking his life, but he was definitely done with the ministry. He was definitely, I'm not preaching no more. I'm done. I, don't wanna, I, I, can't, get, I, I can't face this rejection anymore. And there's not a person in the ministry in the world that hasn't passed through that, that time. I'm not done. But all of a sudden, the Bible says that it was like fire shut up in his bones. And he couldn't stop preaching. He had to keep on preaching. Amen? And then one last example. In the Old Testament is obviously David. I've got a bunch of scriptures written down here. I'll tell you it's at least. you got 6, 13, 18, 23, 25, 27, 31, 32. And to save breath, there's about 30 or 40 chapters. If you've read the Psalms. Where David is depressed. Okay, how many have read the Psalms? We know there's a great excitement and a joy and a praise in Psalms. But before that, there's a battle of his spirit and his soul and his fighting depression. He's fighting being sad. Amen. And so let's look at Psalms 38. It's the one verse I wanted you to look at to start off with. Psalms 38. Say amen if you're there. If you look at chapter 38 verse 6. He says, I am troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all day long. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. That's Psalms 38 6 and verse 8. I am troubled. I'll read it again. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Let me give you something real quick as we begin to go forward. One of the best things you can do when you begin to get depressed is get undepressed as fast as possible. I didn't get enough amens on that, so I don't think you got that. You cannot beat depression if you allow depression to keep beating you. You have got to recognize the spirit. And you've got to say. Uh uh-uh, uh I'm shaking this off. I'm not going to let it cling to me. I'm not going to let it get a hold of me. I'm going to recognize it. I'm going to have, have other people help me recognize it. I'm not letting it come. I'm shooting it off. I'm getting it off. I'm not going to let it stay. Because what happens on the spirit of depression. Is it likes to cling. And it likes to woe. And it likes to mourn. And it likes to be sad. And it loves company. So if you can find someone to be sad with then you got two people that are pressed amen i mean think about two people that walk into a room one person or the other is going to influence that person amen they could come in from a sunny shiny day and a good day at work and walk in full of joy and the other person's sad and all of a sudden they could say you know what that sun wasn't shining as bright as i thought it was right. you're right it is bad and two people can begin to mourn and then you can get a third third three's company Amen? You can find somebody else to mope with you and you can just begin to find other people that will be contagiously depressed with you and you've got to be careful not to begin to let other people bring you down. It's like somebody drowning. When somebody's drowning, the reason a lot of people drown is because somebody else tries to help them and they drown too because they're being pulled down. Get away from people who are drowning. I'm not saying don't help them, but if you're depressed, you can't help somebody else who's depressed. You need to find somebody who's got the joy of the Lord. You need to find somebody who's got some strength that can help you and say, hey, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. How many know those words, you're going to make it, go a long way? Now, finally, the best, obviously, example of the Bible of depression is our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Nobody fought depression like Jesus did. You mean Jesus was depressed? Not in his life, not when he was walking on the earth. I don't know if there were some times, there were some times of depression, some sadness, when he's looking forward to what he had to go through, but I know from the night he was in the garden, until he got to that cross, there was depression for one, and then on top of that, we know he was depressed because he felt and carried our depression. Okay, he felt and carried, and there's, if you think back to Isaiah 53, it actually says in there, surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. So as we begin to move forward a little bit more in this message, what's the first thing we need to begin to realize? Jesus has already been depressed for us. Yes, so I don't have to be depressed. If I'm depressed, and listen, I'm not, some of them, man, they're mentally sick, and I know you can tell me all kinds of stuff. Okay, I know that. But there has to be a place along the line where that person who's depressed has allowed the spirit of depression to take hold in their life. And they've allowed it to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. How many would agree with that? Amen. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I've been through it. I had a time of six months in my life where I was severely depressed and I I was in the ministry and things were good. The funny thing about being depressed is things don't have to be bad. Write that down in your notes. They don't have to be bad. You don't have to be Job to get depressed. A situation can happen, though, and that spirit will cling to you because the devil and his demons need a place to hang out. Did you get that? The devil and his demons need a place to hang out. So we got to be careful not to let that spirit. Let me give you the definition of depression. Major depression is an episode of sadness or apathy along with other symptoms, listen to this, that lasts at least two consecutive weeks and is severe enough to interrupt daily activities. That's what the WebMD definition of depression is. So if you have had a bad day and been sad, you're not depressed. Okay, Everybody has sad days and everybody has bad days. But when you begin to go to a couple weeks and you have stayed in that, First of all, you're in some serious danger and you better get out. You better start calling on Jesus. Amen. Second of all, you better realize that if your daily in activities are being interrupted, you cannot function like you were. You need to seek the throne. You need to seek God. Amen? Let me give you an example tonight as we move on. I'm going to give you some other verses. I want you to, the scripture is what changes us. Amen? But as we talk about depression, I was thinking to myself, why and how? Could somebody take their own life? Why and how? And so I want you to think about the place a person gets to in their life of situations. Now, what might cause me to be depressed might not cause you to be depressed. What causes someone else to be depressed might not affect somebody else. Every person has their own things that get them down. Okay? That's why someone can look at another person's situation and say, Why are you bothered by that? And that person can say, I don't know, but I'm bothered. You can look at it and say, why is that bothering them? And vice versa. Everybody has things and areas that get them down. But what happens in depression that would uh, 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 eventually lead to somebody taking their life is you're in, you can picture that you're in a tunnel, a dark tunnel. You're in a dark place in your life, and you can picture that tonight as I'm talking, and in that dark place, you see no light. You see no Out. You see no light anywhere. You're looking around and you're pushing your feeling and you're just in absolute darkness. That's depression. You don't know why you're depressed. You don't know where the walls are. You don't know where the windows are. You don't know who's who. You don't know what's what. But you're in this tunnel and you don't see any light. And what happens when suicide begins to happen, the spirit comes on from depression to suicide is a transfer from depression to suicide. Obviously not everybody that's depressed kills himself. Okay, But everybody who kills himself was depressed. And so there's a transfer there. And somewhere along the line in that dark tunnel, there's a light that does come on. And it's an exit. And that light looks bright. And it's the only light you've seen for a long time. And all of a sudden, you see that light and you head for it. And then that you take your life. But once you've taken your life, you realize the light you saw was not a way out. It was the devil dressed up showing a fake light and he pulled you in and sucked you into a spirit of suicide and took your life. Amen. Because he's coming to kill to steal and to destroy. How many are picturing that with me? All you see is darkness. All of a sudden you see light and you shoot for the first light you see. And it's not, if it's suicide it's not God's light. Amen. And I thought to myself again, I'll never forget. I don't know about how many of you tonight And I know I'm speaking to some people. I know maybe I'm in your backyard tonight. I'm pinching some nerves with this, amen, because there's people who you might not look at on the outside, but you're fighting it on the inside, and I want you to be free tonight. Jesus wants you to be free tonight. God wants you to be free tonight, amen. He doesn't want you to walk around in a spirit of depression, amen. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. You can't be strong if you're not joyful, amen? You cannot be strong if you're not happy tonight, amen? And it doesn't matter if you look happy. You need to be happy. Really be happy. Now, I'm talking about having a bad day. I'm talking about being in a place where the devil's got you where he wants you. And you look good on the outside, but you're not good on the inside. So be real with yourself tonight. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Another example is, as I move on, and I thought about this today, was how many remember, I'll never forget this picture, 9-11. How many remember 9-11, first of all? How many remember the pictures on TV when you saw people jumping out of the building, killing themselves? Okay? Most of those people, probably all of those people, Would have been a coincidence if it'd be anything different. Jumped out of that building, not because they were tired of life, but because the fire was so hot inside that building, it was the only option they had. Okay, it was the only option they had. And so a lot of people, church, a lot of times get pushed to the edge with situations and they haven't been able to recognize the spirits and they get pushed to the edge and the devil makes the circumstances so bad that they look back and they see fire and all they've got to do is to jump. Think about that for a second. Just meditate on that for a second. They jumped out of fire to fall 80 stories and die. There was no choice. It was death either way in their own minds. Now, maybe we can say, well, they were going to die. They were going to burn, all these different things. I'm trying to get you to a place of understanding of what the devil does. He shows you there's no way out. He shows there's no escape. And listen, this isn't just people in the world. We know tonight that we don't know for sure, but we've never heard anything said about it. At least I didn't, about him having a relationship with Jesus Christ, Robin Williams, or some of these people that have killed themselves. And here's the thing I want to make clear tonight. As many people that are Christians ask this question, can somebody who is saved and kills themselves go to heaven? That's a big question. Okay. Now, the first thing I'm going to make clear is, is I'm going to get the the non-Christian out the way. Obviously, if somebody who does not believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior takes their life, they go to hell. Because the, the Bible says the only way to heaven is through Jesus. And so I don't care how good a person's been. I don't care how many mo- how much money they gave to charity. I don't care how many people they made happy. It doesn't matter what they've done in their lives. It doesn't matter how many people they've affected, how many people they fed. It doesn't matter what they've done. If they take their lives and they did not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and have their faith in him, it's a one-way ticket. And there's no coming back. There's no doubt about that. There's no, there's no even discussion about that, where they're at. But I'll tell you when it gets really hard is what I've lived for the last 22 years of wondering if the man that I loved a lot went to hell or to heaven. And I got the answer, first and foremost, I'm not God, so I don't know. But I'll give you some things to think about. And some of the things you need to think about are... So I've heard both sides. I've heard people say without a shadow of a doubt, absolutely for sure, if a Christian takes their life, they're going to hell. They've killed themselves. They're going straight to hell. I've heard that side. I've heard the other side. I've heard people that have lost loved ones and they've said on the other side of the coin, absolutely, without a doubt, they're in heaven. Well, let me stand in the middle and tell you the answer to that question is nobody knows but God. That's a fact. There's no way we can know. Because the Bible about that specific thing does not say anything specific. However, what you're going to say is, well, murder. Okay? And my take would be, you commit murder, the Bible says, murderers will not enter heaven. So you get to a place where the Bible says, if I confess my sins... He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. If I take my life, where and at what point do I confess my sins and where at what point do I repent for something I just did to myself? So it's a dangerous thing to say that someone goes to heaven automatically. It's a dangerous thing. But I also have to say that I know God is a God of amazing mercy and amazing grace. And I'll make a point of my own opinion, you can agree with it or not, but from the years that I've been alive, for 40 years, watching this life, some people are a lot wiser than me. Here's the thing I believe with all my heart. A person cannot take their own lives in their right mind. Okay? In their right mind. I don't believe with the will we have to live that somebody thinking clearly can commit suicide. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, but I believe for somebody to take their own life, there's a place where there's a snap. And they're no longer thinking in their, in their right mind. And so obviously to really know, if someone went to heaven or hell, first of all we don't know because we're God, not God, but the thing you'd really have to look at, and I would tell someone if they asked me, my son or my daughter, committed what, what's the answer? I would tell them, only God knows, but I would say personally, they would have to go back to the point, God would be looking at the point where their mind was right, and where their relationship with was with Jesus. Because I just don't think you can take your life in your right mind. So those are things to think about. No doctrinal truth. No clarity. Except don't take your life. Because some people, here's another thought. Some people say, and I've heard this said, and there might be some truth to it. Some people say, taking your life is the most cowardly thing you can possibly do. The most selfish thing. Now, I would probably agree with selfish, but I don't agree with cowardly at all. I don't think it's cowardly at all to kill yourself. I think it's one of the most bold things you can do because you have now felt, felt like you've put yourself in God's place. Because yeah. the Bible says he gives life and he takes life. His, our days are numbered and established and it's a bold thing to take your life into God's hands. Wow. Amen? So these are things to think about. And so the fear would be, hey, I am not taking my chance. Can you imagine living your entire life And in your right mind saying, hey, I know God loves me, but I just can't handle this anymore. Taking your life and then finding out that when you passed away and when you died and you took your life, you woke up in hell. How How many people in hell tonight? What if my friend Stan tonight for 22 years has been in hell wishing he wouldn't have pulled that trigger? That's why today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of hope. There's hope as long as we're alive. As long as you're breathing breath tonight, there's hope. Someone needs to know that only through Jesus Christ is there salvation. Psalms, I'm going to read some quick verses. Psalms forty two eleven says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. Hope in God. Look at someone next to you and say, Hope in God. For I shall praise him again, my salvation and my God. Proverbs 17, says, A merry heart does good like medicine. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. I'm giving you a recipe right now as we begin to move on for how to stay out of depression. Stay happy. Amen. Stay happy. Laugh. Take things lightly. Get around people who laugh. Be happy. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Proverbs 12 25. Anxiety in the heart of a man, listen to this. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. I want to make a statement that you can write in your notes. You can be free. Of depression, you can be free of depression. Amen. Here's how I know why. First Corinthians ten thirteen says this: No temptation has overtaken you except that that is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. With the temptation. He will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know what that means? That means in somebody's right mind, nobody will be able to stand before God and say, I couldn't handle it, God. Because he says, I'll never give you more than you can handle. And so listen to this. If you're in a difficult situation, if you're in a real turmoil a real trouble, realize that God knows you can handle it. Because he would not give you more than you could handle. I can't handle it. You might not, you might feel that way, but yes, you can. Quickly to finish up, I want to give you four things, real quick. Four practical things you can do to break the spirit of depression. Amen. Number one is renounce the man centered heresies that we live in today. Because the world will tell you all kinds of things. If you're trying to fix your depression by the world's means, you're going to lose. Because the world's means is drugs, drugs, drugs. Medicine, medicine, medicine. I'm not against medicine. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against all those things. But you better seek God first and understand that He is the great physician. Amen. And He can set you free. And you need to understand that the world's going to tell you all kinds of things. Counselors are going to tell you all kinds of things. Psychologists are going to tell you all kinds of things. You need to say, you know what? I'm not going to believe the report of the world. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe what the Bible says about my life. I'm going to believe what the Bible says about my spirit. I'm going to believe what the Bible says about everything. And let God be truth and every man be a liar. That's number one. Number two, Sorry, let me give you another verse for that before we move on. So when I mean renounce the man-centered, that means that the world will tell you, look inward. Look inward. And Jesus says, No, look upward. Don't look inward, look upward. Because when you look inward, you're gonna go deeper. When you start looking at your life in the mirror, no, it's gonna get worse. Look up. Look up. Because John Jesus said this in John 15:5: I'm the vine, and you're the branches. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Listen to what he says. This isn't me. I'm not making this up. He says, without me, you can do nothing. Meditate on that. Without me, you can do nothing. There's no other person in the world that can make that statement but God. Without me, you can do nothing. He says, hey, I'll sit here and wait while you try those meds. I'll sit here and wait while you try the world. I'll sit here and wait while you try relationships. I'll sit here and wait while you try drugs. I'll sit here and wait while you try everything in the world. But I'm still the only one who can set somebody free from any sickness or any disease. Amen. You can do nothing without me. Jesus said. Not me. Jesus so if you're going to make it, you better get that in your head. Jesus is the only one that can set me free. Yes. Oh, how I wish Robin Williams would have known that. Yeah. Psalms 94:19 says, "In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul." Whose? God's. God's comforts. Number 2. Here's another way. Preach the gospel to yourself every single day preach the gospel to yourself every single day don't just read scriptures preach them to yourself you know what that means that means a lot of times we talk about things we don't really believe in you can't can't lead someone else to the Lord Jesus Christ if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ yourself You better preach to yourself before you try to preach to someone else about the Lord. You better know the Lord for yourself before you try to preach to somebody else. Hey, look for Jesus. Do you look for Him yourself? Preach to yourself and get some verses in your spirit and in your Bible and in your mirror and in your car and everywhere you go. Like 2 Corinthians 2.16 that says, I have the mind of Christ. Preach to yourself. You start having bad thoughts. I have the mind of Christ. Jesus wouldn't think like this. Philippians 4.13, I'm going to give you some simple ones. And I'm going to get deep on you. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Who gives me strength. Jesus, preach to yourself. Here's another one. These are some simple ones. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man is in Christ, he's a what? New creation. Old things have passed away. Watch this. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You better preach that to yourself. The world, your family, the media, and everybody else is going to tell you once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Once a drug addict, always a drug addict. Once a pedophile, always a pedophile. Once a fornicator, always a fornicator. I can throw out every sin in the world and the world will tell you once you did that, you've done that. Jesus says, no, I erased everything you've done. If you've confessed it and your sins are as far as the east is from the west and there's no more. Don't listen to the world preach to yourself when the devil comes and tells you man you're this or that no I am a new creation in Christ Jesus that old person's dead and doesn't live anymore and the only way he can live is if you give him life but if you preach to him and say no 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 you're not going to live you're dead old man stay in the grave and he has to stay in the grave amen number three this goes right into it Practice self-forgetfulness. Amen? Practice self-forgetfulness. Don't remember the bad things you've done. Don't go back to the bad things you've done. Don't remind yourself or agree with the devil when he tells you about the bad things you've done. Listen to this, don't allow mistakes or situations of yesterday, watch this, don't allow mistakes or situations of yesterday that made you depressed to come back into you and bring you to that same place again today. Why would you do that? Why would you entertain that? You think, oh man, when I think about that, I get so depressed, so stop thinking about it. Amen. Mind over matter. Ask God to help you. Don't think about it anymore. Don't go to that place. If you allow yourself to go, oh, the devil's going to take you all the way. Oh, yeah. He's not trying to just mess around. He's trying to kill you. He'll yeah. take you to the end of the light of that tunnel. That he wants to take your life. Here's a good verse for you. Lamentations 3.23. God knows about being sad. He wrote a whole book about it. Amen. There was a joke that someone said, and he said, why is it only 10 chapters or 12 chapters of Lamentations? God said, I was tired of being sad. (laughs) Amen. He knows what sadness is. He bore it. He carried it. But he also knows what joy is. He also knows, if we didn't, listen, if you didn't know what depression was, you wouldn't know what joy was. Oh, someone needed to get that right there. If you hadn't felt sad, you wouldn't know what being glad means. Amen. It is of the Lord's mercies, they were not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Yeah, what His compassions, what His mercy are new every morning. And great is His faithfulness. Amen. 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 It's good preaching. Amen. I wish I could take the credit. It's God's word. We just got to believe it. Last one, number four. Make sure worship and fellowship corporately are something that you treasure. Well, I'm here tonight, amen. Treasure this. Treasure this. It's amazing when people say, man, I feel so good every time I go to church. Why don't you come more? Why would you miss? Amen. If it feels so good, do it again. Sunday morning, come back again Sunday night, go to some Bible study, go come to breakaway, go to youth, go to outreach, just be in fellowship with the church, with the family, with the believers, because when you're in a group, you're safe. When you're by yourself, you're in danger. Psalms 122 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Musicians, you can begin to make your way. Romans 15 13. Don't shut me off, though. Watch this. Now, may the God of hope. If you're taking notes, somewhere, take up a whole page if you want. Just write hope. Real big. Hope. Write it and do like you did when you were younger. Just keep going over it again and put, put 3D looking on it and squiggle it if you want and put some stars around it. Do whatever you want, but write that word big. Hope. If we don't have hope, we don't have anything. Amen? If we don't have hope, we don't have anything. How many have hope tonight? Amen? Amen? How many have hope in Jesus? How many have hope in God? How many have hope in His plan and His promises and His word? The Bible says we're looking for the blessed hope. What? The return of Jesus. He's going to take us out of this place. I don't like this world. I want out of this world too. I'm going to go when Jesus says. Whether it's by the trumpet or it's by my last breath, I'm going to go when Jesus is. And while I'm on this earth, I'm going to be happy. And while I'm on this earth, I'm going to defeat depression by preaching to myself and reminding myself who I am in Jesus Christ. May the God of hope, listen, fill you with joy and peace in believing. I'm going to read this again. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope watch this by the power of the holy spirit when you're around other people who believe the same thing you believe there's strength there's power there's a grace there's anointing let me give you another verse psalms 9 psalms chapter 9 verse 9 this is some good verses to go back and read psalms 9 verse 9 the lord also watch this will be a refuge for the oppressed a refuge A place you can run to don't run inward run to Jesus a refuge in times of trouble and those who know your name what name Jesus will put their trust in you for you Lord watch this have not forsaken those who seek you you can have a confidence tonight that if you love Jesus and you call upon his name he's coming he's not gonna leave you he's not gonna forsake you amen In your own time. I don't have time in my notes. I have it down. Please read Philippians chapter 4. Please read it every day. It talks about this is leading into what uh, a series of preaching that I'm going to start again. Most likely on Sunday unless the Holy Spirit changes it. Been planning it for a couple weeks. I've done it before on the battle of the mind. A series on the battle of the mind. Winning the battle of the mind. Anybody who takes their own life lost the battle of the mind. Anybody who's walking in depression is losing the battle of the mind. Anybody who does anything wrong and makes mistakes is losing the battle of the mind. And God is saying here in His words in Philippians 4, if you'll read them later, 4 through 9 especially, whatsoever things are good and pure and just and honest and of good virtue, on those things, Think you heard the saying, you are what you eat. Well, you are what you think. You are what you think. If you think you're lost, you're lost. If you think you're hopeless, you're hopeless. If you think you're ugly, you're ugly. Whatever you think you are, think on things that God says about you. Amen? Amen.